Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, September 1st. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, that is, the Olive and Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Olive Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly, Yeshua, the Olive Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So... If you were reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Olive Tov, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Olive Tov. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, doorway to the Olive Tov. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Olive Tov, your doorway to Yeshua. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Shaftim, and it means Judges. Deuteronomy 19, 11-21 If, however, a person who is the enemy of another lies in wait for him and sets upon him and strikes him a fatal blow and then flees to one of these towns. The elders of his town shall have him brought back from there and shall hand him over to the blood avenger to be put to death. You must show him no pity. Thus you will purge Israel of the blood of the innocent and it will go well with you. You shall not move your countrymen's landmarks set up by previous generations in the property that will be allotted to you in the land that Hashem your God is giving you to possess. A single witness may not validate against a person any guilt or blame for any offense that may be committed to a case, so a case can be valid only on the testimony of two witnesses or more. If a man appears against another to testify maliciously and gives false testimony against him, the two parties to the dispute shall appear before Hashem, before the Kohanim or magistrates in authority at the time. 
and the magistrate shall make a thorough investigation. If the man who testified is a false witness, if he has testified falsely against his fellow, you shall do to him as he schemed to do to his fellow. Thus, you will sweep out evil from your midst. Others will hear and be afraid, and such evil things will not again be done in your midst. Nor must you show pity, life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Job 41 to 42:17 Hashem said in reply to Job Shall one who should be disciplined complain against Shaddai He who arraigns Hashem must respond Job said in reply to Hashem See I am of small worth what can I answer you I clap my hand to my mouth I have spoken once and will not reply, twice, and will do so no more. Then Hashem replied to Job out of the tempest and said, Gird your loins like a man, I will ask, and you will inform me. Would you impugn my justice? Would you condemn me, that you may be right? Have you an arm like Hashem's? Can you thunder with a voice like his? Deck yourself now with grandeur and eminence. Clothe yourself in glory and majesty. Scatter wide your raging anger. See every proud man and bring him low. See every proud man and humble him and bring them down where they stand. Bury them all in the earth. Hide their faces in obscurity. Then even I would praise you for the triumph your right hand won you. Take now Behemoth, whom I made as I did you. He eats grass like the cattle. His strength is in his loins, his might in the muscles of his belly. He makes his tail stand up like a cedar. The sinews of his thighs are knit together. His bones are like tubes of bronze, his limbs like iron rods. He is the first of Hashem's works. Only his Maker can draw the sword against him. The mountains yield him produce where all the beasts of the field play. He lies down beneath the lotuses in the cover of the swamp reeds. The lotuses embower him with shade, the willows of the brook surround him. He can restrain the river from its rushing. He is confident the stream will gush at his command. Can he be taken by his eyes? Can his nose be pierced by hooks? Can you draw out Leviathan by a fish hook? Can you press down his tongue by a rope? Can you put a ring through his nose or pierce his jaw with a barb? Will he plead with you at length? Will he speak soft words to you? Will he make an agreement with you to be taken as your lifelong slave? Will you play with him like a bird and tie him down for your girls? Shall traitors traffic in him? Will he be divided up among merchants? Can you fill his skin with darts or his head with fish spears? Lay a hand on him, and you will never think of battle again. See, any hope of capturing him must be disappointed. One is prostrated by the very sight of him. There is no one so fierce as to rouse him. Who then can stand up to me? Whoever confronts me, I will requite. For everything under the heavens is mine. I will not be silent concerning him or the praise of his martial exploits. 
Who can uncover his outer garment? Who can penetrate the folds of his jowls? Who can pry open the doors of his face? His bared teeth strike terror. His protective scales are his pride, locked with a binding seal. One scale touches the other. Not even a breath can enter between them. Each clings to each. They are interlocked, so they cannot be parted. His sneezings flash lightning, and his eyes are like the glimmerings of dawn. Firebrands stream from his mouth. Fiery sparks escape. Out of his nostrils comes smoke as from a steaming, boiling cauldron. His breath ignites coals. Flames blaze from his mouth. Strength resides in his neck. Power leaps before him. The layers of his flesh stick together. He is as though cast hard. He does not totter. His heart is cast hard as a stone, hard as the nether millstone. Divine beings are in dread as he rears up. As he crashes down, they cringe. No sword that overtakes him can prevail, nor spear, nor missile, nor lance. He regards iron as straw, bronze as rotted wood. No arrow can put him to flight. Slingstones turn into stubble for him. Clubs are regarded as stubble. He scoffs at the quivering javelin. His underpart is jagged shards. It spreads a threshing sledge on the mud. He makes the depths seethe like a cauldron. He makes the sea boil like an ointment pot. His wake is a luminous path. He makes the deep seem white-haired. There is no one on land who can dominate him, made as he is without fear. He sees all that is haughty. He is king over all proud beasts. Job said in reply to Hashem, I know that you can do everything, that nothing you propose is impossible for you. Who is this who obscures counsel without knowledge? Indeed, I spoke without understanding of things beyond me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask, and you will inform me. I had heard you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes. Therefore I recant and relent, being but dust and ashes. After Hashem had spoken these words to Job, Hashem said to Eliphaz the Temanite, I am incensed at you with your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me as did my servant Job. Now take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves, and let Job my servant pray for you. For to him I will show favor and not treat you vilely, since you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did as Hashem had told them, and Hashem showed favor to Job. Hashem restored Job's fortunes when he prayed on behalf of his friends. And Hashem gave Job twice what he had before. All his brothers and sisters and all his former friends came to him and had a meal with him in his house. They consoled and comforted him for all the misfortune that Hashem had brought upon him. Each gave him one kasita and each one gold ring. Thus Hashem blessed the latter years of Job's life more 
than the former. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. The first he named Jemima, the second Keziah, and the third Karen Hafuk. Nowhere in the land were women as beautiful as Job's daughters to be found. Their father gave them estates together with their brothers. Afterward, Job lived 140 years to see four generations of sons and grandsons. So Job died old and contented. 2 Corinthians 5, 11-21 Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we, Paul and his co-workers, persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we command not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Yeshua constrains us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then were all dead, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them, and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Yeshua HaMashiach, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Yeshua's stead, be reconciled to God. For he has made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Psalm 45, 1-17 My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the children of men. Grace is poured into your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O most mighty, with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty ride prosperously because of truth and meekness and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you terrible things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under you. Your throne, O God, is for ever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a right scepter. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. All your garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia 
out of the ivory palaces whereby they have made you glad. King's daughters were among your honorable women. Upon the right hand did stand the queen in gold of Ophir. Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline your ear. Forget also your own people and your father's house. So shall the king greatly desire your beauty, for he is your lord, and worship him. And the daughter of Tyre shall be there with a gift. Even the rich among the people shall entreat your favor. The king's daughter is all glorious within. Her clothing is of wrought gold. She shall be brought unto the king in raiment of needlework. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought unto her. With gladness and rejoicing shall they be brought. They shall enter into the king's palace. Instead of your fathers shall be your children, whom you may make princes in all the earth. I will make your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore shall the people praise you forever and ever. Proverbs 22.14 The mouth of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. I want to speak to you today from our Torah portion from Deuteronomy chapter 19, and then we're going to dive into Job in the concluding chapters, chapter 40 to 42. Let's zoom in on verse 14. Chapter 19, verse 14. You shall not move your countrymen's landmarks set up by previous generations in the property that will be allotted to you in the land that Hashem your God is giving you to possess. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In this verse, the Torah prohibits moving the borders of one's property in order to secretly and illegitimately incorporate some of his neighbor's land into his own. Hashem gave Eretz Israel to the Israelites, and he expects them to live in it fairly and justly, without taking even one inch of land that does not belong to them. It is therefore particularly painful today to see those who deny the Bible, accuse the Jewish people of occupation and of stealing someone else's land. Over and over, the Tanakh establishes the deep connection between the Jewish people and Eretz Israel. Yet this fundamental fact has been attacked in recent years with increasing hostility. It is incumbent upon students of the Bible to point to verses such as this as evidence of the fairness and honesty that underpins the historic relationship between the people of Israel and the land of Israel. Well said. Okay, now let's jump into Job. And I want to begin. This is, uh, the Lord is answering Job and all of the questioning that Job has had. And so now the Lord is saying to Job in Job chapter 40, verse 8, Would you impugn my justice? Would you condemn me that you may be right? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The sages of the Talmud tried to determine the time period in which Job lived, although some opinions have him living during the period of the exodus from Egypt. 
Another suggests that he was among the Babylonian exiles who returned to the land of Israel after the destruction of the first temple. The identification of Job with the generation that experienced the destruction of the temple, an exile from Israel, is fitting. Throughout the book, Job struggles with the reality that he is suffering, though seemingly righteous. He challenges God's justice, trying to make sense of the age-old question about why bad things happen to good people. Likewise, the Jews at the time of the exile also struggled to understand why they deserved to suffer as they did. See Ezekiel 18. Though the Jews sinned and Job did not, his personal suffering is seen as emblematic of the suffering of the nation of Israel. Continuing on in Job, now let's jump forward into Job chapter 41. And we see in this this chapter and the next chapter a very detailed description of Leviathan. And he sounds like a dinosaur. It talks about his scales and about how he breathes fire out of his mouth and how powerful he is. And in Job chapter 41, verse 10. It is written, or actually verse, let's let's start with verse 10, but verse 11 is the one we're zooming in on. His sneezings flash lightning, and his eyes are like the glimmerings of dawn. Firebrands stream from his mouth, and fiery sparks escape. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. This verse recalls the description of the revelation at Mount Sinai in which Hashem revealed himself with fire. All the people witnessed the thunder and lightning. Job is echoing a theme repeated in this book by indicating that God's glory is defined not just by the fact that he created the world and continues to rule it absolutely, but also on account of the giving of the Torah. The, God's people worship God not just because he created the world, but because he intervened directly on their behalf by giving them the Torah and because he is constantly involved in the day-to-day well-being of his people. So after all of these questions that God says to Job to kind of put him in his place, where were you when I set the foundations of the world? Where were you when I told the ocean waves to come this far but no farther? And uh, he describes this Leviathan beast in great detail and how this beast can make the depths seethe like a cauldron. His wake is a luminous path. He makes the deep seem white-haired. He sees that all is haughty, and he is king over all the proud beasts. Job replies in great humility in chapter 42, verse 6, I had heard you with my ears, but now I see you with my eyes. Therefore I recant and relent, being but dust and ashes. And so then... The Lord has some instructions for Job. He tells him in chapter 42, verse 8. Well, let's start in verse 7. He says to him, I am incensed at you. That is Eliphaz the Temanite. I'm incensed at you and your two friends, for you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. 
Verse 8, Now take seven bulls and seven rams, and go to my servant Job, and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves, and let Job, my servant, pray for you. For to him I will show favor, and not treat you vilely, since you have not spoken the truth about me, as did my servant Job. So the Israel Bible commentary to that verse reads as follows. By praying for his friends who have sinned, Job ultimately demonstrates compassion, thereby walking in the footsteps of Abraham. In chapter 20 of Genesis, Abraham's wife Sarah is taken by Abimelech, king of the Philistines, who thought she was Abraham's sister. After Abimelech is punished and Sarah is returned, Abraham prays for the Philistine king's return to good health and the amelioration of the punishment Hashem had inflicted upon him. The inclination to be kind and forgiving is one of the reasons Abraham merited the land of Israel as a permanent inheritance for himself and his descendants. By emulating these traits of kindness and compassion, Job proves his righteousness even in the face of his pain and suffering. And I would add to that, Job also forgave those three friends who basically were his tormentors. He forgave them, and then in praying for them, he blessed them. And because he prayed for them and blessed them, in verse 10 we see Hashem restored Job's fortunes when he prayed on behalf of his friends, and Hashem gave Job twice what he had before. That's a powerful principle. Let's just give a concrete, practical example. Suppose you go through a terrible, nasty divorce, and your ex, your ex-spouse, is very wicked and evil and unkind, and uh, you know does a lot of dirty things to hurt you. Perhaps it's a lack of child support. Perhaps it's not being allowed to see the children. Um, whatever it might be. A lot of verbal abuse, mental and emotional uh, abuse, perhaps even physical abuse. The Lord would have us to forgive that person and even begin to pray blessing over that person. That even as they may curse you and speak curses to you, to your face and behind your back, that we are to forgive our enemies and to pray for our enemies and to bless those who curse us and bless those who persecute us. And we see that when Job did that for these three friends who were his tormentors, that God saw his heart and and the Lord restored Job and he had even more than what he had originally. And so that is a powerful principle to put into play in your life, to apply in your life is that for the person who's tormenting you or harassing you or persecuting you in your quiet prayer closet prayer time you're to bless that person and you can't do that unless you have forgiven them first because really it's not that person who's doing it to you <laughs> there's an evil spirit operating in and through that person um, and so where to forgive that person and then to bless them in our prayers. And then if there's something um, in a practical, tangible way that we can do to bless them, then we're to do that. And we put out the fire of anger 
with the water of kindness and acts of service and love. We put out that fire with water, with the water of love and kindness and acts of service. It is easy to say and difficult to do, and it can only be done by the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit. But when we bless our enemies in our prayers and in our actions, God will turn around and he will bless us because this is something that pleases his heart. It pleases him very much when we behave in this way. So, good ending to Job. He went through a lot of sufferings, but in the end, he was restored. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.